faithwire.com. A Canadian pastor gets arrested yet again at the Freedom Convoy. Today's Thursday, February 10th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. You can find us on iTunes. Go ahead and give us a subscribe there. Leave a rating, leave a comment, all that other fun stuff. We'd appreciate it. And um, we're glad you're here. Joining me today, as always, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire here on this Friday, Junior. It seems like just yesterday yes. was Monday, and we were starting the march to the weekend. And now we're at Friday, Junior, as Trey so, yeah. so aptly yeah. calls well, it. I told you we were almost to the weekend then, and yeah. here we are now. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So what's coming up, fellas? Billy- you're a fortune teller with that. Uh, <laughs> always, always knowing when the weekend it's is amazing. coming. I don't know how you do it. Uncanny, uncanny ability. Um, so I'm going to be talking about uh, Skillet lead singer John Cooper. Uh, he's speaking out about deconstruction uh, and his very bold thoughts on that. So we'll we'll dive into All that right. story. And we're going to be talking about a Pakistani teenager who boldly brought his entire tribe to Christ. It's pretty amazing. Excellent, excellent. All right, looking forward to those stories, guys. So we're going to start right here with uh, the Freedom Convoy. It's still going on. It's still making headlines. And um, today we had now there are threats as they these protests have been going on. And now the, the uh, Canadian police are saying and warning protesters that they might be arrested without a warrant if they continue their efforts. And this is as politi- politicians are just like begging them to just stop these demonstrations. It's obviously causing a lot of delays and things of that nature as it's just so many people that have descended onto Ottawa but their statement says the unlawful act of blocking streets in the downtown core is resulting in people being denied the lawful use enjoyment and operation of their property you must immediately cease further unlawful activity or you may face charges you could be arrested without a warrant for this offense if you are a party to the offense or assisting others in the direct or indirect uh, commission in this offense. And so the threat was put out there and uh, the pictures are still flowing in. And, um, you know, again, that that message not sitting well as it sure looks like, you know, when the protest is about freedom and you're being told you can't protest, I mean, it's kind of the whole point of a protest is to, you know, not to make it so that it can be so easily ignored, right? Yeah, um, so that's I mean, kind of, you want to make a yeah, statement. That's that's the goal. That's that's exactly the goal. They're they're trying to make things miserable for you to as you know as much as you can without being violent and all that, uh, so that people actually notice and do something about it. Well, uh, Franklin Graham has spoken out about the uh, about the uh, convoy, and he called the truckers mm-hmm. a quote modern day version of Paul Revere. And uh, this all happened um, as just some some crazy things are going on down there with regards to police and uh, what they're doing. But first, Graham's comments, he said, who would have thought you'd ever be uh, arrested, as he's referring to some of these arrests that happened, for delivering fuel or food to people in need? Uh, He said, but that's what's happening in Canada. You might be arrested for bringing fuel or food to truckers who are part of the Freedom Convoy. There were other images, guys. They, They said if you assisted them, you might get arrested and if you brought them gas. And so uh, a whole bunch of people, there's uh, videos out there of you see just, I don't know, probably dozens, maybe hundreds of people carrying gas containers and just walking down the street, uh, apparently not taking the threat or at least just saying, okay, we dare you to go ahead and arrest us. So 
Um, but Bram said, uh, Graham said, pray for our neighbors up to the north. Freedom is precious. The issue isn't primarily masks or vaccines. It's the issue of freedom and the freedom to make our own choices. And these truckers are modern day versions of Paul Revere riding against oppression. Uh, so that was Graham's quote. But uh, another pastor guy is making headlines here. Pastor Arter Pawlowski, you may remember his name, of course, <laughs> uh, the pastor who famously um, just kind of uh, shouted these health officials out of his church by calling them Nazi scums as they were uh, in his church to try to check on if people were wearing masks or not. And um, so uh, Pawlowski has been making headlines. He's gotten arrested a couple times now in protesting the various things that the Canadian government are doing there uh, in related to COVID. But um, he was arrested again just before he was set to address a group of Canadian truckers who oppose these vaccine mandates. Um, he was arrested at his home on Tuesday as he was about to depart for a church service at a border blockade. This is interesting that they do with him. It's like, it's is that a pre-crime? Like he's... <laughs> You just go ahead and arrest him at his house before he gets over to the <laughs> to the blockade because you knew he was going to go there. Um, it's, <laughs> it bizarre. It it's bizarre. It's like, bizarre. They're like, hey, we know what you're about to do, so we're just going to go ahead and arrest you now just to kind of save some time. How's that sound? I mean, it's... <laughs> it's almost like a uh, it's a routine scheduled arrest yeah, these days. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's people crazy. are on a, on a calendar nowadays. You got to keep things moving, so... The law enforcement official informed Pawlowski that he was under arrest for, quote, mischief. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> this show would be in big trouble. <laughs> Seriously. There's a mischief night here in America, at least that when I was a kid growing up, people would, you know, do the, the toilet paper on trees or something like that. You know, relatively innocent stuff on mischief night. Apparently, apparently, if you're in Canada, everybody be getting arrested for all that. Well, doesn't do, sorry to interrupt you, but doesn't yeah. that fit with the uh, with the the general stereotype we have of Canadians? They're always so friendly and 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 nice and whatever. So in Canada, you could actually be charged for just mischief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, so. they're all so nice. It, it is. It is crazy. Um, but uh, Pawlowski, you know, we've seen in previous videos him kind of shouting at those officers. It said. He remained quiet throughout most of the video of his arrest. His brother, uh, Dawid, confronted the officers, and he he was the one this time repeatedly referring to them as Nazis and criminals before urging them to treat him with respect. And then Pawlowski added in, I do not cooperate with Nazis. And so um, it's crazy, though. I mean, it's... It, it, I mean... It seems like it would be an exaggeration, of course, because we know how Nazis killed people. So, you know, but but the point, though, it's like you're dragging a pastor out of his house. And, um, you know, unless there's more details to his what actually happened leading up to this that we don't know, um, arresting a pastor who's planning to speak at a peaceful protest, as far as we know, how is that illegal? How yeah. do you, how well, do you how do you arrest someone for that? that, that I mean, it, I it seems wild. If you don't wild. have a first amendment, if you don't have a first amendment secured, not. yeah, I'm, right. I, yeah. I, I mean, that's pre-crime stuff. So why why does it matter? Obviously, guys, you know it, what's going on up there uh, in Canada. We're, we're you know maybe there's some Canadians listening, um, but it hasn't hit here yet. But you look at this mentality, and it's so 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 dangerous um, to to have that be accepted, and hopefully that doesn't take root um, further here in America. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that is the hope, but I do think that one of the things we've learned throughout this entire pandemic is that, and by the way, before I even say this, Franklin Graham, you read his comment. He was very supportive of vaccines, if I recall. So this mm-hmm. is not, this really yeah. is not a vaccine, no. even a mask discussion. It's a freedom discussion. And we have made it very clear, I think in this country, just like we've seen in other countries like Canada, that we are very willing to hand over a lot of rights and a lot of freedoms without much of uh, pushback, right? So until now, suddenly there's a pushback. So I guess it just really is going to matter how much are we willing to put up with, right? Yeah, and so much of it goes back to this uh, semantics game that we've been playing, the media has been playing for certain, the, the government has been playing. Like uh, like you said, Billy, um, Franklin Graham is very supportive of the vaccine. He even got in trouble with some conservative Christians when he, with the, with the comments he made about the vaccine, he was saying that if uh, Jesus was walking around right now doing his earthly ministry and the vaccine was available, he would be encouraging people, likely he would be encouraging people to, to get it. And so he's been very bullish in his support of the vaccine. But the semantic game that the media plays and a lot of politicians play is if you say anything against restrictions uh, or you err on the side of free speech when it comes to COVID uh, or you think that personal responsibility should trump government mandates, then that's equal to you being against vaccination. But that's equal to you saying that the pandemic never existed and that was all a hoax. Uh, When in reality, these are two very separate things and people can hold two different positions uh, on both of them. Uh, And I think we're seeing more and more people do that. And that's why I think these protests have been so effective because a lot of uh, the people here in the United States, I'm not talking about in Canada, but people here who are supporting them, at least anecdotally in my life, they're vaccinated people uh, who are just saying that we've reached enough with the mandates. I don't, you get vaccinated. That's great. Stay healthy, do what's best for your family, but we don't need the government telling us what to do. Uh, It's interesting to see the response from the government in Canada because the even though the government has been kind of pushing back against these protests, they don't seem to be letting up. There's a new one that's that's starting in New Brunswick uh, tomorrow. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, as these continue. I mean, what you're up against is a lot of frustration and anger in general yeah. because life has been chaotic. Whether or not there right. were any restrictions, right? Like, let's just go back. If there were no restrictions, you still would have had frustration. So that's what they're contending with, too. And I think they underestimated these governments just how frustrated and impacted people's lives are. Mm -hmm. All right. So story number two. So the lead singer of Skillet, John Cooper, he's been on Faith Versus Culture with us before we've interviewed him and talked to him uh, a few times. He's now talking about deconstruction, which is a a trend that's gotten a lot of attention over the last few years. Uh, People who were once uh, Christians, who were once outspokenly Christian, who are walking away from the faith, saying that they've deconstructed. You know, ones that pop to my head are uh, John Steingard. He was with Hawk Nelson, and he's deconstructed his faith, is no longer a Christian. Uh, The YouTube celebrities, uh, Rhett and Link, uh, they actually worked for full-time ministry for a long time in youth ministry, uh, and have walked away from the faith, no longer saying that they're believers. Uh, So it's a topic that's getting a lot of attention over the last two to three years, I would say. Uh, And John Cooper, during his uh, appearance at a recent Winter Jam concert, 
he started talking about it, and this is what he said. He said, it's time that we declare war against this deconstruction Christian movement. I don't even like calling deconstruction Christian, he said. There's nothing Christian about it. It is a false religion. Uh, he said, again, that there's nothing Christian about it. It's a whole other religion that's separate and apart from Christianity. Uh, and then he went on to call out those who have walked away from their faith, asking them why living as their most, quote-unquote, authentic selves, uh, particularly amid this latest sexual revolution, talking about the the push, namely with transgenderism, but the LGBTQ movement uh, as a whole. He said, why has that led to deeper sadness, a higher uh, U.S. suicide rate, uh, and an alarming uptick in anxiety, not just in the United States, but, but worldwide? Uh, he said, I really want to know why these celebrities' lives are so absolutely screwed up if they really believe they are so happy. And then they brag about their debased lives in front of our young people, and they check into rehab over and over and over again. And they keep leading all of our young people astray. I'm here to tell you, especially you young people uh, who have been uh, ripped off, we're here to tell you this tonight. The world will tell you that you need to separate yourself from Christianity in order to find happiness. We're here at the Winter Jam to tell you tonight that there's no such thing as freedom outside of Jesus Christ. And for all of these formerly Christian people who have tried to tell all these young folks that they think they found a third way, their third way is this. It's okay if you're into Jesus, just don't be into the Bible. Uh, Cooper said that you can't live that way. He said there's no such thing as loving Jesus, but not loving his word. Uh, so a lot of this, like I said, comes as there's been a wave of Christians um, who have defected from their faith. Uh, I kiss dating goodbye author Joshua Harris. He's another one. Uh, Paul Maxwell, he's a former writer for DesiringGod.org, which is a, a ministry of um, of uh, John Piper's. Uh, also, John Piper's son, Abraham, uh, is, is one who's walked away from the faith. He got kind of famous last year on TikTok for talking about uh, his own deconstruction journey. Uh, so in last spring, we actually spoke uh, with Sean McDowell. He's also been on, on Faith versus Culture. Uh, we spoke with him about deconstruction and how believers can come alongside their friends and family who either are not uh, believers uh, but have a lot of skepticism about it and have questions, uh, or believers who are doubting. He said the important thing is to come alongside them and have these conversations with them. He said, don't be afraid of asking questions or of your friends and family members asking you questions. He said, because if you don't know the answer, as believers, we should know that we're armed uh, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we know God and we know his character. He's not afraid of our questions. So you should just tell your friend or family member, your loved one, look, I don't know the answer to your question. I don't know why God allows this to happen or, you know, whatever the issue is. He said, but you and I can explore this together. He said, and then turn to scripture, turn to trusted uh, apologists or theologians, turn to pastors, uh, people in your lives who might be able to answer these questions or help you answer these questions and journey with them together. Uh, don't be afraid uh, of these questions either, if whether you have them or someone else has them, uh, you know, really lean into exploring them and you can uh, see all of what John Cooper had to say, uh, and then watch our interview with Sean McDowell if you want to over on, on faithwire.com and cbnnews.com, because it's fascinating stuff. And I think that's, uh, guys, why it matters. Uh, it is a fascinating topic, and it's be becoming more important uh, because there's this trend within the secular world, uh, like Cooper said, to take Jesus uh, as this great teacher, loving this loving leader, uh, but to reject his word. 
Uh, and we know that, that as believers, we can't do that. Uh, they they go together because they're you know they're one. Jesus is His Word. Uh, so I, you know I think it's important to have these have these conversations because more and more people are going to be confronted with how to address it uh, moving forward. Mm. Sorry, I was muted there. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, I love that that uh, Cooper is tackling this topic because uh, yeah. he's. You know, he's a musician. You see a lot of musicians doing this. And um, there's a lot of this sort of allowing, you know, there's like, let's just give people space to tell these stories. And I don't know. Um, I feel like when when we really, it's important, I guess, to know some of what the thinking is behind it, because maybe you can help people in those situations. But allowing people to like grovel in these these sort of complaints about the faith, I don't I don't really think is you know, too helpful for the Christian trying to walk. You know, it, it's it's all the same complaints when you really boil them down. It's things that people have, you know, debated or criticized Christianity. Or how can you reconcile God with evil? Like, you know, all the it always it's always one of those things that's been tackled before, right? So it's it's hard for me to take um, them very seriously and want to give them all this space that all these people, you know, want to, uh, you know shout this story to the mountaintop. So, so I'm glad people like Cooper are sort of calling it out for what it is. Yeah. And I think you look at this and it's like, you know, people tend to want to look only at the church when it comes to why people feel the way they feel, right? The church hurt me. The church did that. The church did this. Okay. Well, you know, we have to look at that. Fine. I think that's one prong, but we also need to look at culture. And one of the things that John Cooper has been doing is exploring culture. People do not realize that they are captive to a culture that has indoctrinated them Mm -hmm. into a secular worldview. Right. Um, And I think if we continue to avoid talking about that, and even, I think this goes for all of us to like, what, what are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we bringing into our hearts and our minds? People don't deflect from the faith overnight. It's a process. And I think all of those different elements, you know, it's important for us as, as believers to be taking into account, not only for our own well-being, but so that we can actually help understand how people are ending up in this place. It's a slow churn and it's important. We understand how they got there. Look, Billy, I think the important thing you highlighted there is that there's this, um, false premise that we've put up, uh, that it's only Christians who are operating from assumption. Uh, yep. You know, Christians are, are, mm-hmm. are just taking all these things for granted. They're just assuming this because it's what the Bible tells them. Right. It's like the reality is we all operate from some yes. sort of assumption. We all have are, are, are pre, you know, predisposed to something. Uh, so you know, there, there are just as many things to nitpick uh, in the secular worldview as there are in the faith worldview. I'm not saying that these conversations aren't tricky and they don't get dicey and they shouldn't be had. They should be. But let's be, you know, honest when we're having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that you know the secular worldview is a worldview. It is. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's you, not like you're operating from. Right. Well, I'm a blank page, and I'm just you know you can tell I'm me just the seeing truth. What it's we like, find, right? I'm just seeing what we find. No, you are assuming yeah. your assumption, your presupposition, is a materialist, godless world. That's exactly. What, that's what you're presuming. You weren't there to know for sure at the beginning, so you cannot. Yes. You know you you can't sit there and say, well, because we haven't had like. 100% proof of X, 
therefore that I'm just here and that's okay. Like, no, well, we don't have 100% proof of X in your direction either. So, But the know. burden of proof is if your <laughs> argument is that all of the complexities around us emerged from nothing and suddenly poof appeared or right. these little specks created these complexities, then the burden of proof is on you because there's no evidence anywhere in the history of mankind or in you know our current history of anything developing from nothing. Right. And they will just, they'll always go back to, well, I just don't know. Okay, great. You don't know, but what's the logical premise? The logical premise is there is a creator. So, I mean, this is oh. like 101, but I feel like I have these arguments every day yeah, and I just, yeah. it's so strange. It's amazing. I, guys, I will never, you know, I mean, we've all and a lot of Christians have spent time just sort of reading about these different debates that come up. Um, I know, Billy, I know you definitely have uh, interacted with atheists, so you've got probably got more than the average bear on that. But um, uh, but so when I look at these arguments, it's just, you know, it, it just uh, it, it it never ceases to amaze me how many people haven't. You know what I mean? So yeah. like you you can't. I don't know. I assume I, I think I've made I've false. I realized this recently that I've kind of falsely assumed that so many people have already looked into a bunch of these arguments on both sides of the aisle, Christian or not. And mm -hmm. I don't think they have. I think you have to operate under the assumption that they don't know or if they've heard it, it would help them to hear it again. You know, just walking through some of these common debates that have been had. What's the Christian view? What's the materialist secular view on, yeah. on basic things like how did we get here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I just want to say, like the last, I know we've talked about this a lot, but the last thing I want to say too is it depends on the the heart and the posture of the person coming into the debate, uh, whether it's a believer or a non-believer. If it's a non-believer coming yeah. in to have these conversations, if they're just, you know, wanting to poke the bear and they're wanting to be antagonistic, then that's probably, it's not worth either of your time. Yeah. Um, but if this is a, you know, a genuine person is a friend of yours or family member, have that conversation. But I think Cooper is right in saying there are certain conversations that particularly at, at his level that we just don't need to waste our time with because it's not going to be fruitful for, the believer or the non-believer yeah no couldn't, yep. couldn't agree more all right that brings us to our last story and this is a quick one but it's an important one because it's so easy with all of the fights we have here in the u.s to forget about the amazing things that are happening all over the world when it comes to the spread of our faith and there's a pakistani teenager he goes by the name rehan that's a, a pseudonym uh, because of his because of security issues but he reportedly led his entire tribe in pakistan to embrace jesus it's a really cool wow. story uh, that really just involves this teen who was working working as a waiter, trying to support his family in Pakistan. And he encounters this truck driver, um, Safdar, who gives him an audio Bible. And so Rehan brings the Bible home. He listens to it. And then he starts to meet with Safdar. And the two of them talk about faith and they talk about God. And before long, uh, Rehan becomes a Christian. He gets baptized. And the amazing thing about this, I don't know if people realize this, but Pakistan is one of the hardest places in the world to live as a Christian. In fact, it ranks number eight on open Doors USA's World Watch list. And so becoming a Christian and living that out is actually a very dangerous thing. But he didn't just become a Christian. He then went and started talking to his family about faith and to his community members. And 
he did this amazing thing. He invites these three missionaries in to talk to his entire tribe. And this is about 60 people in this tribe to tell them about the gospel. And what ends up happening is the tribe converts. Most of the tribe apparently became Christians as a result of this brave 17-year-old teenager going out there. And they had this sort of evening gathering where they brought the tribe together under 110 in Rihan, showed a movie about Jesus. Um, and then some missionaries shared a 15-minute devotional about hope in Christ. And then suddenly all of these people in Pakistan, they leave, they either you know embrace faith for the first time or they leave Islam behind entirely and they become Christians. And so it's just an incredible story. Obviously, the why it matters is that the gospel is on the move and it's on the move mm-hmm. in places where you wouldn't expect it to be. If you tell me that North Korea and China and all these other countries, Pakistan, are restricting the truth and not allowing it to be heard, um, it's kind of amazing because that seems to be the recipe where faith spreads the best, right? Like in those yeah. places. And so, uh, yeah, that that's why it matters because there's brave people out there willing to risk everything and a 17-year-old to share the truth because they know it's true. And that's an incredible thing. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And th- this that's the kind of story I need. Because, uh, I mean, we have all this fighting and bickering going on in America, and then you hear a story like that, and it just brings it all home of what really actually matters, sharing the gospel, seeing lives change. Yeah, we had a, a guest speaker at my church this past Sunday. He's a was a missionary for many many years. He and his wife in um, in Russia, I like twenty some years they were missionaries there. And he said the one thing that. Um, or one of the things that was most impactful to him over his years in ministry. And he said, it's even more relevant now amid COVID is he said, no amount of bad news will ever make the good news, no longer good news. Um, So it's, it's, it was just a good reminder to hear that. And this is just a beautiful reminder that no matter what's going on in the world, uh, how difficult this temporal life seems to get is just that it's temporary, uh, that God is still moving and working and his Holy spirit is still active and transforming lives. So that's the, that's why we try to highlight those stories at Faithwire and, and CBN News, uh, because it's the hopefulness that we need to hear. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that is all the time uh, we've got for uh, this episode of the 4 and 3 podcast. We will be back here tomorrow for the actual Friday. We are It's, it's closing <laughs> in. The real thing. The real thing tomorrow. But uh, as always, head on over to CBNNews.com, Faithwire.com. Dot com for more news from a Christian perspective. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We'd love to have you here. Don't let algorithms decide when you happen upon it or not. Get your daily news from an actual source that shares your values, um, not some of these secular mainstream outlets. So, all right, God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>